When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 204, Prepare to be Laid Off. Bit of a negative topic, but something that has come up recently. We have uh, multiple tech firms reducing their hiring, some tech firms unfortunately laying people off, and this is just sort of the motions of things where the economy goes up and down or the supply and demand goes up and down and this and that and the other thing. I'm not an economist, clearly, but a bunch of stuff can happen. And you can potentially be laid off. So we think you should be prepared for that. But if you are not, we're going to be talking about how to get prepared. And if you're not and you have been laid off as well, there's multiple scenarios here. Then we also have some notes on that as well. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon. Leave a review or rating on your podcast app. Join us in our Discord server or share this with your friends. And... We're going to kick this off with a bit of an introduction, and we're going to jump through multiple sections. I normally don't outline the sections anymore, but I think that it's important to in this case because there's multiple sort of scenarios that we've outlined here that I just touched on very briefly. So, like I said, brief introduction, then we're going to be talking about or we're going to be going to go into a section to discuss this section. I have no plan and I was just laid off. So if you're in that situation or you think you might be in that situation based upon some stuff that's happening in your area or some of the stuff, some stuff that's happening at your workplace or something, then, you know, we've hopefully got you covered here. Uh, then oh, the next one is plan to be laid off. Like the episode suggests, and these are actionable steps that you can take while employed. And the third and final section here is I had a plan. So you did do all this planning and stuff and you've been laid off. So now what do you do? And so we have some things to touch on there as well. So let's dive right in here. So suddenly losing your job, especially when it's your main income can be a real shock to the system. Of course it is. And if you've been accustomed to working, quote unquote, say traditionally, or at least that's what I'm coining it as traditionally, that is that you work at that you've been working at one employer, usually for a long time. You don't have any other forms of income other than your job or anything that's significant anyway. And you've tailored everything toward building a career with your employer. A lot of people don't do this anymore, but some a lot of people do as well. You know that there's a lot of people out there working. And if you're one of these, quote unquote, traditional workers or you're in a traditional working thing that that I've just outlined there, you probably feel like the floor has been pulled out from under you because you put all your ton of time and effort into working for this employer. And all of a sudden, you know, you're just, it's just, it's not good. Like you've been, your income's gone. And this can also apply not just to one employer, but also a field as well, which can affect all of us. So even if you're not in this quote unquote traditional working situation and you're just in an industry and you put all your time and effort into a certain industry and suddenly that entire industry starts to have a lot of problems, same sort of deal, right? The floor can be kind of effectively pulled out from you, under you. And you'll probably start panic Googling and a, and a quick one of these panic Googles will reveal the often toted, just start a side hustle or market yourself solutions to your problem. And whereas, sure, and we're going to be mentioning some of this stuff in a bit, it offers little solace in that moment, right? Because you're in the face of no income and incoming bills. 
mounting bills. You're like, oh my God, can I pay the rent? Can I pay the mortgage? Can I pay for this or that or my cell phone? Or can I even pay for the internet? Whatever. So in this episode, we're going to be exploring some of the options that we recommend you do if you've lost your job in the various scenarios as per the segments that I just listed as well for whatever reason. Uh, This first section here. So I have no plan and I was just laid off. So this is probably at least what I would say is worst case scenario. So if you've been laid off suddenly and you had no plan, then panic and worry is surely is surely to set in. The good news is, is that many places around the world have programs and resources to help people that have been laid off. And these programs and resources may include, but they may, there may be different ones as well in your area, or there may be none as well. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But oftentimes these programs and resources will include something like severance pay, whether that's legally obligated or your employer just gives it to you, some sort of nest egg that you can use, um, unemployment payments. So generally it'll be time limited. Like I think in Canada, I believe you have to work a certain amount of time, whatever. And there's a bunch of eligibility things, but if you're eligible for it, you get some sort of, uh, uh, monthly or weekly, whatever it is, check for about a year. Uh, so you can do that. And again, this program is various eligibilities and stuff like that, but you know, check if you have something like that in your area, unemployment payments. So you're basically getting a paycheck, um, over a certain amount of time or with a certain amount of eligibility to help you through this hard time. Um, education programs. So some places will do education programs where sometimes they're, they're completely free and sometimes you actually get paid. So this will oftentimes lead itself into second career opportunities, which you may not want to do, but a lot of the time what will happen is your, your country or your region will have a really needed field or a most needed field. And they'll sometimes pay you like a paycheck to go for training to get into that career if that is not your current career. So that, that's the whole second career thing. Let's say they don't need web developers. They need plumbers. They may have a, a thing for this. Um, but that's not to say that you have to change careers. Some places will say, Hey, if you go to certain career centers, which are usually, you know, private or public, whatever, uh, institutions that will help you sort of get prepared to get, go back in the workplace. Maybe they're, maybe they're, they're going to update some of your skills. Maybe you've been just using WordPress and, and like they think, Hey, you know, you should be using view or something, whatever they may offer some training for cheap that you may even get paid for it, or it may, may be free again. All this depends on what what is available in your region. And then with that, also recruiting slash job programs. So again, same sort of institutions. And these institutions are designed to help you find new opportunities to refresh your resume, stuff like that. And sometimes this stuff is for free. Sometimes these are private uh, recruiting agencies that will maybe take a little bit of your paycheck for a year or a month, or maybe you have to pay them to help you. Or sometimes again, they're included. Maybe the government subsidizes it, whatever it is. Again, check your benefits and your options, programs, resources, whatever you want to say in your area, because once you kind of get a list of all these resources and all these different things at your disposal, you can now make a decision on what is right for your situation. Finding out And getting that list together is really crucial because you don't want to just jump into second career, let's say, and learn a whole new skill and something that maybe you won't even like as much when maybe there's some sort of unemployment payments that you could have gotten that would have allowed you to keep the career you have now and allowed you to continue living while you job search. So get that list together of all the different resources and then choose the one that's right for you. I'm not saying which one is right for you. Everyone's situation is different and all these programs and resources are going to be different for everybody as well, depending on where you live. So, and your eligibility and the list goes on, right? The bureaucracy goes on. 
So just something to keep in mind, get that list together, then analyze it and then make the decision that's right for you. Now, unless you have savings or maybe a spouse that's making enough income to keep your house afloat, your number one goal at this general time should be to be should be excuse me to ensure that you have enough money to cover your bills so you can focus on getting back into the workplace. So if you do leverage a a program like unemployment payments or unemployment income, um, having some income from that government program may buy you enough time so that you can properly job search and you're not desperately taking anything that's available. It takes away that desperation and that panic, which is sort of really key. At least it is for me anyway, or I would say it is because I I and many other people will make sort of um, irrational decisions when you're panicked and absolutely kind of freaking out. Now, if your area, like I said, does not have any resources or programs or anything to help, you may need to leverage your family and friends if they're willing to pay and if you're willing to to ask for that. You know, it's maybe embarrassing or whatever, but it's just something to consider. Maybe you do have a friend that could help you. You may need to do that because your main goal at this point is to get off your feet or get or get off get back on your feet, get off your feet. Your main, your main uh, thing is to get back on your feet and sort of get back into the, the swing of things where you have a job and you, you know, do what you do what you want to do. Now that's to say, you don't have to do the exact same thing. Maybe you, at this point, you have no resources and like, there's no government resources. There's no local programs. There's nothing like that. And no employment centers and your friends and family are tapped. They absolutely can't help you. Then fine. Maybe you're going to have to do this yourself and you may need to fast track your job search, of course, if you're just trying to find another job. Or maybe you just need to start freelancing or start your side hustle or whatever, which I'll get into in a bit. I know the side hustle is such a buzzword now or buzz phrase, I guess, whatever. But it's so kind of annoying just to hear that without any explanation. So I don't want to like mention it too much, but it will come up a couple times here. Now, I do want to, you know, just re- reiterate this is that. Every solution at this stage is going to be different for everybody. Some people will just outright panic and not know what to do the instant they're laid off and they'll just cut, shut shut down completely. They just they just will be absolutely beside themselves. Others will be calm and just start job searching. They'll just be like, oh, this is part of the industry and they'll just start job searching. So it's really kind of crucial that you find the solution that's right for you, that works for you, uh, that uh, like allows you to sort of rationally make decisions, choose the job that's right. Maybe you do want a second career, whatever it is, kind of go through and see. But I do think that it's crucial for virtually everybody to not procrastinate until you have no money left. Assuming you have absolutely no income now that you've been laid off. I mean, you are eventually going to run out of money and you don't want to procrastinate until that point because then you're really going to be panicked. So I, I would say, you know, take action as quickly as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you covered almost everything here, like for the the emotional stuff and the process of like, okay, I've been laid off. Now what? Um, but I kind of want to take it back a little bit and talk a little bit about what could possibly, what we're actually talking about in this episode as well. And that's like, we're not saying you're going to get laid off today. We're not saying that, you know, the economy is crashing and everything's going down and everyone's going to get laid off. No, like that's, you know, the title might have misled you there a little bit, but it's not what we're saying. We're just saying that it's a, it's not an inevitability, but it's something that could 100% happen, even in if you're in a, in a situation that's perfect, right? And as the economy goes down or as the economy has ups and downs, it's just more likely to happen. So right now the economy is in a weird spot. So we're just, we just want to make sure that people are prepared and are at least thinking about it because I, I've seen a lot of people get complacent 
and uh, start thinking about like, oh, I'm super loyal to this job and they're super loyal to me and have that kind of mindset. So they're like, even if the economy goes down, I'm still essential. The reality is you're not essential to the operation. A manager two or three tiers above you is going to make a decision without even knowing you a lot of the times. And your manager might fight it if he's a really good guy or if he's a good girl, like good gal. Like they might fight it, but they, I, the, the reality is it's sometimes out of their hands and a lot of the times it's out of their hands. So it's just going to happen. And there's a lot of it's going to happen sometimes without warning. Sometimes there will be some, you know, <laughs> stuff going on in the company where you know that it's happening. Sometimes it'll be immediate. And companies go through different cycles. So even if a company is profitable, like so they have profit over profit margin every week, every um, every quarter, that doesn't mean that they're not going to go through a layoff process because with with especially with tech and development, companies seem to want to like cycle through developers. And there's a few reasons for this. One being that uh, technology always changes and they want to, they never want to stay stagnant. So one of the ways that they do that, and this isn't, I would say ethical in any way, shape or form, but this is what they do. They will push out some of the developers that are maybe making a lot more money and try to bring in some newer talent. That's going to be paid like significantly less. Um, and try to use their knowledge that they've gained recently to re- rebuild some systems, to bring in some new, fresh takes on this, on the, um, on the ecosystem and stuff like that. Like there are several large tech companies that go through these kinds of cycles where if you've been working there for two or three years, you almost have to start being prepared to either viciously kind of fight for your job or be start being prepared to kind of go to a different team, go to a different job in general and stuff like that. So in tech, I think one of the reasons like the the huge salaries that we're making is one of the reasons that where company retention isn't as high. Also, it's kind of like a, you know, a lot of people switch jobs in tech. So companies prepare for that. And in fact, sometimes just embrace it and being like, okay, this, you know, Every two or three years, we're going to be having a round of layoffs so that we can bring on new talent, something like that. So there's a lot of different reasons, not just economical, that a layoff can happen. And I've noticed it. I've noticed some people being caught with their you know pants off or whatever, however you want to say it. And uh, I just want to I just wanted to put an episode out there. And Matt, like thank thank you, Matt, for writing the notes on this one. But I I wanted there to be something that reminded people that hey. You might feel safe, but unfortunately, you're not. And one one person put it really well, um, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And that's what this episode's about. We're not, again, you're not being laid off tomorrow. We don't have that kind of knowledge. If you're working at a job, yeah, exactly. We hope. I mean, I, I guess it could be possible, but you're probably not. Uh, but it is extremely important, and Matt will lay out some of the actual steps that you can take, but it is extremely important to take some steps to make sure that you can mitigate the damage of being laid off. And there's the the great news is, is that there's amazing amounts of steps you can take to make it so that the transition process is not only like easier, but it's actually beneficial for you. Like it could be a great thing to be laid off in the tech industry right now, because there's so many different opportunities jumping up and like popping up at you. You just have to preemptively get to them.
Well, something else to consider as well is just, and I think you mentioned it there in brief, but one big one that stands out to me is that even if the market's doing really great and there's opportunities all over the place, um, you know, you still have to kind of keep yourself updated and know what's going on, which is something that we'll touch on in a bit. But also the business that you're working at is potentially one contract away from being, you know, being shut down. Maybe the industry's doing great, but the business could just not be or something bad happens, think bad things happen and you know, you, each business itself is its own individual um, sort of place of like place of work. And, and so realistically speaking, you know, a, a massive economic downturn could affect 90 percent of web dev agencies, let's say. But the one you're in might be in, I don't know, healthcare or something, and it's doing better than ever. So it really is sort of these little silos that are all together in a way. And trends can go up and down where it's like, hey, more layoffs in general, but these other 10 agencies are, you know, up 50%. You never know. And so, you know, you kind of just want to be prepared for those random ups and downs and just like Mike said, you know, prepare or be prepared basically for the worst is ultimately what we're kind of trying to say here. And, you know, this next this next segment leads right into that, which is plan to be laid off actionable steps that you can take while employed. So I'd say the first one here, and there's two bare minimums, two bare minimum points I want to cover. So the first one here, this is a bare minimum one, is really to keep your documents up to date. So keep your resume and your LinkedIn profiles up to date so that they're ready to be viewed and sent out as needed whenever, whenever needed right away. If you're laid off tomorrow, the next day, or even that day, you can start sending out resumes if you're ready or send links to LinkedIn profiles if that's what the employer prefers or what have you. Um, really kind of keep those things up to date or at the very least, if you don't want to be really formal about it and type all the stuff out all the time, even just keeping, you know, a couple of notes in in your phone of like, Oh, like I, uh, you know, I implemented these, these new features now. And like you have that skill, maybe just document that on a notes app in your phone and then you can quickly update your documents. But, you know, obviously keeping the documents actually up to date on some sort of regular interval is probably the, for the best so that they're just ready to go, especially LinkedIn. What I actually what I actually personally often do is um, and it's not the most ideal thing, but I don't really keep my resume up to date, but I do keep my LinkedIn mostly up to date. Um, I'll sometimes forget and stuff. I mean, we're all human. We're going to not you know operate like machines to remember to do everything. But uh, ultimately, what I do is I do try to keep my LinkedIn up to date and then I build my resume or update my resume based on my LinkedIn. So that's one way that I kind of keep it straight. And also I still have a public place where people can be like, oh, refer to my LinkedIn if you want to see what I've been up to type of thing. Second thing here is another bare minimum, and that is to have an emergency fund. So we've heard this several times from all kinds of financial gurus, this, that, and the other thing. And we are not financial gurus. This isn't any form of financial advice, but in in our experience, it's almost always a good idea to have some sort of emergency fund of money that can keep you afloat for a while in the wake of a sudden layoff. And, you know, you can talk to some sort of financial advisor or something that you trust to determine the best way for you to save for this, determine exactly how much you should have, you know, whether it be six months, two months, one month, whatever it is, kind of talk to some sort of professional in this area that you trust and figure out, you know, I, I want an emergency fund. I want to make sure that I'm not when I'm when I'm laid off that like I'm out of money before the next potential paycheck kind of thing or the next so, prospective paycheck. I think this is the only time that we can ever say this is financial advice. <laughs> I just just said I just said it wasn't. Come on now. No, I know, I know you said it wasn't, but I honestly like this is financial advice. If you can and I, it's different for everyone, like different situations, you might have some crazy emergency stuff that's already come up. 
if you're in a situation to make an emergency fund, make an emergency fund. This is financial advice. I'm not saying invest it. I'm not saying how to make that emergency fund, but I am saying have money set aside that if something happens like loss of job or health issues or whatever, you have something that you can at least can bridge the gap, right? Um, I don't have a perfect, I'm not a financial advisor, so I don't have a strategy or an amount that I can tell you, but I do know that you have to have an emergency fund. And that's why Matt, like you, you saying, go to a financial advisor or do your own research on how much you need to save. Great. That's great. Do that because we're not going to give you that advice, but I will give you the advice with the caveat, with, with the, not a caveat, but a, a saying of this is financial advice for the first time ever in podcast history, I think. <laughs> well, the reason why I said it wasn't financial advice, because the re- reason the thing I was thinking of is like some people have crazy portfolios out there where they're buying assets, this and that and the other thing. And maybe it's best for them to keep something as an asset or something. So which is why I just kind of thought, let a financial advisor of their choosing of the listeners choosing like choose. But having something available to you in terms of funds uh, as an emergency fund, however it is that you get it or however it is that you save for it, whatever, right, is definitely a good idea because you don't want to be like, oh, like I, I'm not going to have a paycheck next week. And that means I'm going to have zero dollars like that's not great for sure. Uh, next, the next thing here is to keep networking. So this is, an, you know, an eye roller where you're like, oh, I don't want to keep talking to these people. And I'm not saying that you have to go on social media. You know, social media is a part of this as well, but I'm not saying you have to do that. So if you're happy with your current job, you know, you can still just chat with other professionals in your industry, either in person at lunch or whatever, or over a social network. And a good way to do this is actually if you're at a place for a while is to keep in touch with coworkers that have moved on to other opportunities, or even if you've moved on and you keep talking to them. So that, that is, that means that if you're suddenly laid off, you know, somebody in another company and you kind of have your foot in the door there where maybe you know that they are looking to fill a position that you have the skills to fill. And effectively that other person you're talking to is more than likely going to be a reference and they're trusted because they work there. So again, foot in the door and that type of networking works great, at least in my experience. And then of course, if you want to, and you'd like to, you can, you can basically start sharing some professional updates on social media of your choice. So whether it be Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, and that, that's, that's to allow there to be sort of a public place where recruiters and other professionals can see what you've been building, and then they can reach out with opportunities when they have them. This, of course, opens you up to spam, so you're going to have to do some spam regulation and stuff like that. Um, or, you know, even better, if, let's say, somebody has seen you on LinkedIn post a bunch of updates about some sort of personal project that you're building in public, they may recognize you if the day comes that you actually um, apply at their business. And also it's it helps, too, when they're doing their research. A lot of places, a lot of offices will do research now where they literally like you apply with what, what they ask for. Let's say resume cover letter. If it's just easy like that, you give them the resume cover letter. And then without you knowing, they're going to be doing some checks. They're going to Google you this and that. And so the stuff that you put on social media or on a personal blog or, you know, whatever to be sort of out there is going to be, you know, findable hopefully on Google and they'll they'll see that and be like, oh, this person built this cool side hustle thing. That's cool. Or if your work allows you to share some of the stuff you're doing, that's cool. Or if you learn a skill at work and the project you're working on is NDA, you could still share a little bit about the skill and say, oh, today I learned how to implement member accounts by using this technology. I've never tried this before. This is kind of cool. Stuff like that. It's just something so that 
there's a place where they can quickly refer to in their sort of, I guess you could call it a background check um, or an informal background check. They could kind of go in and be like an online presence checker, I guess would be a better, a best way to say it. An online presence check is they can go online and be like, oh, this person learned this and this and this. And we were thinking of moving to that tech. Let's, you know, let's bring them in. So just have just something professional there that's public so that they can refer to it, at least in my opinion, is valuable. Yes, uh, 100% valuable and it can be it can be a huge game changer for you. Now, like Matt said, it you know, I roll whatever with the social media social media stuff. It's true like it can get a little bit tedious. It's a little bit weird to post about yourself on social media like feels like you're a quote-unquote an influencer, but that's not the point. I think you have to find the your reason for posting and a lot of the time it's to connect with people and I think the big thing is, is that you shouldn't approach it as like, hey, I'm just trying to grow my, you know, social media presence or whatever. You should approach it that I'm just trying to find like-minded people and I'm just trying to network with them and talk to them. So, you know, the best part of the Twitter journey that I went on last year is I made friends, like legit friends that I talk to every day. Like I, we have a many, I have multiple group chats where we just shoot the shit with a lot of the people that I met through networking on social media, right? The other stuff of like, you know, having your posts go viral a little bit and having a, a presence on there is great and all. But at the end of the day, like Matt said, um, they'll Google you. They'll find that you have some posts and that's great. But the way to really get a leg up on everyone is your network. Like almost recently, I had a couple opportunities come, come my way. Both of the opportunities that I have accepted uh have come from networking, right? Like one, one was an, a, a boss that I had that I kept in touch with. Matt, Matt just pointed that out. Keep in touch with your coworkers uh, after they leave. That's an amazing point. Emphasize that with an asterisk. And the other opportunity came from the social media side of things where I was just talking to a lot of different people on social media and they, people recommended me for, for a job that helps with, with growth of an account. And I was able to get that contract just for my social media network, Right. So it's a huge part of, I think, this process. It's not the only part by any means necessary. You can't just be a social media person. You have to do the, the work like uh, Matt will mention later, but like you have to do the, you know, keeping yourself up to date and you have to, you know, build something and stuff like that. Like th those are really important parts, but I just don't want people to brush this, this part off, like the networking part. Um, another really good way to do it is going to meetups, local meetups, right? Finding the people around you physically that are doing the same things as you and just hang out with them, shoot the shit, talk about work and stuff like that, shop talk. All of that can be a huge help when you lose your job because then you go to that meetup, you already know those people. You mention that, hey, I just, you know, I'm about to lose my job in a couple of weeks. Opportunities will come if you have the right network. Right. Again, like Matt said, posting, posting on Twitter or posting on LinkedIn that you've lost your job. A, a lot of times you'll get uh, recruiters to reach out to you. You'll get other companies to reach out to you. But the best part is you might get friends to reach out with you to you and be like, Hey, we're looking to fill this role. Those like leg up connections where you have a friend reach out that's, that's hiring or you have a friend that's like on, on a team that's hiring is a game changer for many, many reasons. One of them, the main one being, you won't have the same interview process as everyone else. Now, whether that's fair or not, whatever, but like that's the reality of the situation. Your interview will usually be either shorter or it'll be more casual 
or whatever because you have someone vouching for you that's there and that knows that they can fit with you. The, the, the fit part is almost already done, right? The technical part, they're still going to ask you some technical questions because you can't just trust friends. Um, but regardless, it's just going to make the process a lot easier for you. The other part, and while again, while you still have your job, while you still have your network, your internal network at work, uh, I think it's important to, you know, Matt was saying bare minimum, keep your LinkedIn up to date. But I think LinkedIn is another great place for you to kind of build out your portfolio, just like Twitter is a good place as well. But I think it's important to also look at LinkedIn. And um, what I'm going to do, I, I don't have a lot of LinkedIn expertise in terms of building up portfolio, but I know that one big thing is like, get your first 500 connections uh, because after 500, your connections say like 500 plus. So it doesn't matter if you have 1,000, 2,000, it's just going to say 500 plus. So that's a good thing for a recruiter when they're looking at your po- at your portfolio. They're like, oh, this person's connected to more than 500 people and they, they have a good network. So they might be a good person to reach out to. But really the expert on this is Danny Thompson. And he has a, I believe a free LinkedIn course, but I'll have to double check on that. Uh, that will help you kind of revitalize your LinkedIn portfolio. I'm going to link that in the show notes. So make sure to go to that um, and uh, check out his course because he has helped like, I think it's like 500, it's either hundreds or even thousands of people. I, I don't want to misquote, but it's a lot of people get land their first job just from this LinkedIn course. So again, I'm going to link to that uh, and hopefully that can help you get started with LinkedIn at least. Excellent. And just as you mentioned as well, um, you know, sort of keeping keeping updated because we have a couple more, you know, kind of subheadings to cover here. And one of them here is part of the social media. You're probably going to get some of this information from the social media side of things. And that is keep updated. So this is staying in the know about what's going on in the industry, even just a little bit. You don't have to be reading about this thing all, all night, every night. But just having that little bit of knowledge can really help you get your bearings in the job market quickly. So you actually know who's doing well, what agencies are doing well, who's not doing too well, who's just about to spin up a new team to make a new app, those type of things. You'll start having an idea as to where to start if you were to get laid off and you'll get you'll understand things like what workplaces are good to work for, which ones are not, what jobs are paying more. Maybe a database architect getting paid a bunch. Okay, well, you know a little bit about databases, maybe you can brush up on that. Those type of things, uh, which type of positions are kicking around. So whether the whether, you know, I don't know, Ruby on Rails is going down the tubes and there's less people working, less, less job positions there. But there's a lot more vanilla CSS jobs. I'm just making this up on the fly. A lot more C- vanilla CSS jobs, you know, kicking around. So, you know, kind of what to look for, those type of things or know generally what the job market is doing so that you can make an informed decision. Maybe you do want to p- apply for a niche job and then negotiate for a higher a higher wage because it is more niche and there's less people doing it. Maybe there's too many people doing it and there's not that many jobs out there. Okay. Then you're going to have to maybe take a, take a pay cut or you're going to have to figure out another uh, skill that you can do or something like that. Like, you know, like I said, brush up on databases or whatever, these can help you learn skills. So just keeping this up to date, you know, this isn't just for when you get laid off while you're still employed, this can actually help steer your training. And it makes it and it well, it makes it makes your portfolio, I suppose, more marketable to the job market at large. A lot of places, a lot of offices, freelance places, whatever uh, agencies rather, will pay or maybe even give you time to learn new skills as well. So if you're staying 
in the know and you're employed and you're like, hey, guys, um, you know, PHP and hey, I'm just making this up on the spot. PHP is just taken off. And, you know, I only use WordPress and I basically am a no coder. I kind of want to take a couple of courses in PHP. They might pay for those courses. Uh, they may give you time to work on those courses during the day or something, you know, negotiate that with with your uh, employer, of course. But this is steering your training so that they want to train you in it because you're going to become more valuable. This is going to offer you a little bit more job security, but nothing's perfect. Like we said, you could still get laid off, but now you're marketable. Your skills are marketable in PHP and WordPress as well. So it's going to help you in your current job, but then also look, it'll help you impress other employers as well. Should you need to change jobs due to a layoff or just because you want to change jobs. So staying up to date is actually a pretty big thing. Um, it's it's relatively easy as well. You can kind of just generally browse Twitter if you follow a bunch of people from the from the field or a bunch of the companies. Uh, you could just read some news if you have sort of a curated news feed. You could just network. So this is re- closely uh, related to the networking thing from before. If you have friends that are working at other companies, you're going to through normal kind of small talk, I suppose, conversation or just professional conversation, you're going to learn things about the industry. And so really keeping up to date just in general as to what is going on is huge. If we were to take this into something like game development, like video game development, if you were really out of the loop and you decided you're going to make the, the most cutting edge game ever in some sort of topic, whatever it is, I don't know, some fantasy game. And then your target is the is the PlayStation 2. I mean, sorry, we're on the PlayStation 5. You know, you're not up to date. So that's just a really basic example of why keeping updated even just a little bit uh, is a good thing, because even if you just only have a couple of minutes a day to sort of keep updated, you'll kind of pick up on little things. You'd be like, oh, you know, that company sounds like they might be making a new thing, but you don't you don't dig into it. Then maybe you get laid off and you or you have some time and you want to learn more. You can Google that and you have a lead to go on. You're not just sort of like, well, I don't know what's going on type of thing. Uh, The next one here, um, start a side hustle. So I left this one for last. Um, There's another whole segment after this, of course, but I left this one for last as to something that you can sort of prep while or actionable is an actionable rather while you're uh, still employed because it's. It's really buzzwordy, right? It's like, oh, start a side hustle. Just start just start doing a side hustle. Like, it's the greatest thing ever. Make another revenue stream, which is true, right? We're not going to say it isn't. But it's, you know, it's not easy to determine what you want to do for a side hustle. And a side hustle is a business. We've mentioned this on the show before. And it is something you have to set up, have time to do. You More than likely, you want to actually do it, those type of things. So I... I'm going to cover this, but I I want to be clear that I'm not doing a big comprehensive coverage on side hustles because there's a lot of gurus out there that'll do side hustles. And if we want to do that, we'll have our own blog post or something about it. So anyway, you know, probably the most overused solution, like I said, is his side hustles. And it's huge on the Internet these days. But a side hustle can absolutely, especially if it's successful, help subsidize your income Um, or if you're completely cut off if you've been actually laid off and you have no income it can help it can help subsidize you through that period as well a bit of a safety net and side hustles you know can really range from an indefinite list of things to do you can be a blogger you can be a part-time golf instructor if you know how to play golf you know the list goes on and on and on and on and on and personally i recommend you do a side hustle that you like to do so that you don't really feel like you're working on the side Otherwise, if it gets really busy at your actual job, you may kind of fall off of the side hustle and then it, it itself won't become all that successful or maybe it'll just completely collapse. 
Now, the thing is, is that there's thousands and thousands or probably even more of guides out there that are creating or that are on on how to, you know, make a side hustle, side hustle ideas, how to get those side hustle ideas up and running. So guides on affiliate marketing and this and that and the other thing. And so I just want to reiterate again that I'm not going to get into the facets of all the kinds of side hustles that you can do. But for web developers specifically, kind of the top ideas that I have, and these are kind of high level ideas, but the top ideas I have for a side hustle is first one is a niche site. You already know how to make a site. So you have an advantage. You don't have to worry about, man, how do I, how does one make a site? What's what's hosting me? You don't have any of that. You can just be focused on writing content and your content doesn't have to be web development based. It could be about a hobby that you already know a bunch about and you're just going to write articles on it. Maybe you can use this as an excuse to go learn something else, but you're leveraging that web development skill because you could just make a site already. So just go and do it. Next one here, uh, web tools. So some web tools can be very popular and I'm not saying any of these are going to be like, you know, great ideas. Some of these are going to fail. Some of these are going to do good. Some of them, maybe they'll all do horribly, whatever, right? It's business. That's just the way of, way of the industry. But web tools can be very popular, hence very competitive, which is why I wanted to mention that caveat there. So there are things like maybe you type in a string of text and it returns the, the proper capitalization in the format of your choosing for if that were, if that string of text were to be a title. Also lots of um, online uh, various file converters are also really like popular. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so if you're, you know, maybe you're going to convert doc to PDF or PDF, PDF to TXT or whatever it is. Those are the type of things I'm talking about web tools. And so if you're, really, you know, in touch with the market and you're like, man, I really wish there was a web tool to do X thing quickly, edit photos or what, excuse me, whatever. You could just make that web tool once again, because you're a web developer and you'd, you'd have those skills or at least part, part of those skills to get going on that. Uh, you can also do something like monetizing something you're going to do anyway. So kind of to retouch on the golf example, if you're an avid golfer, maybe becoming an instructor for beginners would be a good fit. Uh, if you're a podcaster and you you were going to podcast for fun, no matter what, maybe it's time to take it more seriously and just actually monetize it somehow or be like make it become a business. Those type of things. Um, a really common one, of course, which we haven't mentioned, but freelancing. So freelancing is huge in the web development design space and in a bunch of other industries as well. And so you could start freelancing if you wanted to go on the freelancing boards and start doing proposals and getting your job uh, or getting uh, really good at writing up proposals and then use those uh, skills that you got at your job to do to do some freelance work on the side. That's uh, an option as well. Um, and then also I just kind of this is more general, but I would say maybe like try to do a side hustle that complements your personal or professional goals. You know, maybe make a niche site on your learning journey of X hobby that you've always wanted to learn. Like if you always wanted to learn how to golf and you know, you're finally going to take up the time you've been laid off. You kind of want to take up the time, you know, you can, you can do that. Or if you are still working and you're trying to prepare and you're just like, man, like, you know, I, this is a good excuse for me to learn how to golf. And I'm going to document my journey in this blog. So there's like a niche site right there. Um, you know, if you've always wanted to work in web devs, or you already do, but you want to work for yourself specifically, like having your own agency, then maybe you could start freelancing a bit and then learning how to outsource some of that work. So you learn how to hire some people, how to manage people and start learning some of those skills. And then 
you're kind of complementing your own personal goals. And if your side hustle becomes your main hustle, then so be it. And this could be, you know, a list of anything you wanted to do on your personal on your personal time or on your or professionally. Right. Just something that complements your goals. Some people have always wanted to be a manager. You know, some people have always wanted to be, I don't know, a a fisherman, like a professional fisherman. Some people want to be a professional angler, like whatever the list is. You can try to find a way to monetize that. So it's just I understand this is kind of like a broad topic. But again, you could talk about side hustles for ever because there's tons of websites dedicated just to side hustles and tons of gurus and side hustles and stuff. So I didn't want to kind of bore you with all a whole bunch of side hustle sort of news and tips and tricks. So this is sort of what I these are sort of my top ideas, especially for web developers. Um, if you you know wanted to start a side hustle to get a second revenue stream started, which is a good idea in general, then subsidizes your income, you know, a bit of a safety net. If you do get laid off, depending on how much it makes type of thing, maybe it will become your main hustle. Maybe you'll enjoy it more than your actual job. Who knows? So hopefully these ideas help you in that. And uh, there's tons of side hustle. If you just Google it, there's tons of side hustle uh, gurus and stuff for you to learn from if you're looking into getting into that. Yeah. And just to add like kind of one more, uh, I think a big one is anything in in the e-commerce space. Like right now, e-commerce is, you know, obviously blown up and it's continuing to blow up and there's a lot to do uh, in terms of a developer. And if you can somehow create an e-commerce site uh, around one of your side hustles or around some of your interests and really look into like, you know, end to end. So, you know, create the design for it, do the full stack process. You don't have to be amazing at any of the parts, but having that on your kind of portfolio or resume, even if it's not successful, like let's say you only sold like a hundred dollars worth, but you sold it to like, you know, eight different people all around the world or something like that. That proof that you can kind of take a concept, get through a lot of obstacles because there's going to be a lot of obstacles. There's going to be a lot of roadblocks along the way. And get something out there that actually functions in the real world is huge for when, again, you get laid off and you need to go into interviews. And when the interview asks you, hey, like, what do you do on the side? Like, what are your what are your side projects? Talking about it from the level of, hey, not only have I created this e-commerce or stood up an e-commerce platform, it's actually sold some things and I've done shipping and I've done label creation. Like, the whole end-to-end process is very attractive for a uh, – a job market because they can, they know that they can put you into different situations and that you can get through roadblocks and get through it. Right. You can own a piece of the puzzle in their, uh, <coughs> in their tech stack. So it's, it's, I think it's really important to really follow through on a lot of things. I know a lot of the time, like even we don't do that, but if you can, you know, create something, design it, deploy it, and then support it, that whole process is really, again, it's going to be beneficial in, during a job hunt, even if the side hustle is a failure. That's a really good point in that people are going to be really hesitant to sort of start their own, really start their own business, even though it is a side thing. Uh, but realistically, once again, you know, we've talked a lot about learning new skills and making yourself more marketable to the job market. And this is absolutely a way to do that. Pushing yourself into some, like pushing yourself into, you know, a side hustle and learning a bunch of new skills, even if the side hustle is unsuccessful, which is unfortunate, still nets you skills to be put on your resume and still nets you um, different things to be marketable. Like if you start to like really learn Shopify for some reason, 
Shopify is huge. There's people that get paid to manage Shopify and maybe your current job doesn't use Shopify. Well, great. Now your side hustle, which maybe failed, maybe you made no, maybe you made zero sales on your e-commerce store, but now you know Shopify and now you can be hired at a place that uses Shopify a lot. So that's a really good point, actually, that I missed. That's a good one, Mike. Um, next, the next segment here, actually. So, you know, I had a plan and I, now I've been laid off. Now what? So with any luck, since you've prepared for this, you should hopefully not be completely desperate for funds and can now make a calm, cool and collected decision on your next move. Of course, that's being ideal. You're going to probably be shook a little bit, um, but you can now make an make a more informed and less panicked, hopefully, decision on what you should do next. And, you know, the first thing here, I have a few different things is, you know, leverage local resources. I know I mentioned that for a solution when you did not have a plan, but just like when you know, whether you do or whether you do not have a plan, leveraging local resources that work for your situation, like unemployment payments and a list of other things that I've mentioned before, is absolutely take a look at those. Just because you were prepared does not mean that you should not use local resources that are designed for your situation, especially if it's something like training or something like that. Maybe you can really use that, whereas you would have to pay to get that training originally. And now that you're living on your hopefully your emergency fund, you're not going to be like, man, I'm going to just be you know, super liberal with, liberal with my money and start spending it. Um, you're going to want to be, you know, like, nah, like I want to play this close to the vest. And so if a local training center has, uh, you know, free resources for people that have recently been laid off, I mean, why not use that resource? So leverage those local resources if you have them and if they work for you. Um, also, another one here is, you know, again, an, an eye roller, but there's a twist on it that I'll get to. So keep a healthy mentality. So staying positive is usually a good thing, if not a bit cliche. There's kind of the eye rolling part, you know, and if you've been laid off, staying positive just might not work for you. So this is sort of the reality into that sort of eye rolling like, oh, yeah, stay positive. Yeah, it's like as if it's so easy and it isn't right. You're probably not going to be all that positive. But personally, I think it's more important to acknowledge your situation. And to take a different mentality or a different mindset on here. And, and it isn't that you're now jobless. It's now that your job is to get you get yourself to the next step, whatever that is. Whether it be expanding your side hustle, start freelancing, finding another job, whatever. You just you switch jobs. You now just want to get back on your feet effectively. You want to you want to get yourself to where you want to be. Is, is effectively what's happening. So you're not like completely like, oh, that's it. Like I've lost my identity or something. It's like, no, like your new thing, like your new job every day is to figure out what you want to do and try to execute that plan so that you can, you know, live comfortably again or whatever your goals are. That's kind of what that's kind of how I would look at it. And with that, and I mentioned this within that little point there is that is make your side hustle your job. Maybe your side hustle is doing rather well. It made 50% of what your wage was when you're at the other place. Well, maybe that's enough to just barely live. Maybe if you put a little more time into your side hustle now that you have the time, maybe it's going to become your primary source of income. Maybe not, but maybe you could even just put a little more time into it, make it make 60% of what you used to make before, so you're a little more comfortable while you do your job search. Just something to do, something there. Just leverage that side hustle if you do have it. And also use your network. We mentioned the network tons of times. Mike's mentioned this in, in, in specificity as well. But really reach out to professionals that you know that are working in different places than you were. 
and you could say, hey, you know, I'm I didn't know if you guys had any openings and stuff like that. Like to be, be professional, don't necessarily be begging them or anything. But I would say, you know, reach out and just say, you know, whatever. And if they say, oh, yeah, like, you know, didn't don't, didn't you work here or like what's going on there? You could even just say, you know, you know, explain your situation as much as you're comfortable, you know, explaining it. Of course, don't go, you know, someplace you're not not comfortable. But, you know, it's not ridiculous for someone to reach out to you and say, hey, I was just let go from this place. And, you know, I, I have all these skills in web dev. I know you work here. Like, is there any openings there? That's fine. Or you could even, if you don't want to be so obvious, you could just be like, hey, like, are there any openings there and whatever? And then if they ask, you can divulge as much detail as you want. You know, people always worry about being embarrassed, but like the places have layoffs. Like you you weren't the person that was running the layoffs more than likely. So, I mean, like there's market downturns, there's individual business downturns. Like, you know, what are you going to do? And also same, same sort of deal, but instead of being more personal, it's leverage that social media presence if you have one. And just sometimes you can even just say, hey, I'm available for work. Hey, guys, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm ready for my next project. Uh, you know, I, I know Ruby on Rails really well, and I'm ready for another one of them. If anyone knows anyone, that'd be great. And you might get some people replying and that type of thing. So just really leveraging that network and effectively what this sort of like I had a plan and now I've been laid off section is, is just to use those resources that you've made for yourself, the emergency funds or, you know, staying positive, the side hustles, the network. Um, and then obviously it's like steering your search or steering what, like what you post on social media based upon, cause you were actually up to date as to what was going on in the industry, that type of thing. It's just utilizing and leveraging all those resources that you sort of prepared for yourself and, and all those logistics that you have for yourself because you were preparing just in case. And now that just in case has happened and you want to use those things. So don't be afraid to leverage everything you can within reason and whatever works for you. Yeah. But uh, that that's the end of my notes. Uh, I, I assume Mike has something else to add in this in this regard as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of just want to go through like. Right now, Matt and I are kind of in a good place. I guess we're in the feast section of the feast or famine part. But about a year or a year and a half ago, we were in the exact place where we were we needed to utilize these skills. So we we're in a different situation. Like we have contracts. So one of our contracts ended. Like we weren't laid off. One of our contracts just ended, um, and it was a little bit sudden and all that. We had a little bit of lead time before, but Matt and I kind of just got together and we're like. What do we do, right? Like we had this situation where we had a, we kind of had a plan, uh, but now we have to execute it. And realistically, like what Matt just laid out is kind of what we did. You know, we I made the side hustle, which was HTML, the things, my job, and I really invested almost all of my time daily into building out the social media presence of it, learning networking, like learning how to network on social media in general, learning blogging, learning writing, and stuff like that, like building out that part as well as building out projects in technologies that I want to work on. So Svelte and stuff like that. And it it was awesome that we had something to throw ourselves into. Like with us starting this podcast, we got that kind of like side hustle part down, right? Like we had that check mark. And that's what allowed us to invest in something, invest in something that we already knew had a little bit of momentum and build something for ourselves while I was still looking for other contracts, obviously, because we need to live. It's just, it, it worked. That's why, that's why we're bringing this up is because we have done this before, uh, actually on multiple occasions, we've had contracts end and we have stuff started. And um, yeah, like it, it just 
honestly, like if you just invest in the time during your during your employment into building these things out, it doesn't have to be a ton of time too. That's another thing. Like while I have contracts, honestly, like if you look at my you know Twitter presence, I don't post as much right now, but I'm still posting. Every day I try to post. I miss a day here and there, but every day I still post. Every day I still interact with people. Every day I still do a little bit. And that's really just the maintenance part of like, okay, if I lose my current contracts, what am I going to do? So I need to keep that up. I need to invest that time. And I also invest my time into learning other technologies and, and other stuff. And really, like, there's a lot of benefits from that. We obviously invest our time into HTML, all the things. Like, we're still doing the podcast every single week. We're still doing writing. Matt's investing a bunch of time into it right now. There's other stuff coming up. So stay tuned for that. But, like, that's we're, – we're very – in this situation, we're very much practicing what we preach. And we have evidence that it works. So make sure, like, we're not talking abstractly at this point. We know that this is the, th- these are the steps you can take to get somewhere, but you really have to take these steps. It's not easy in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's really hard to, like, kind of not panic during the time that you're laid off, but keeping a healthy mentality, making sure that you have leveraged all of the, you know, unemployment stuff, making sure that your network is aware of the situation and you're building and growing your network and just having something to invest your time in has is a viable strategy that you can take to get to your other to the next opportunity and the next opportunity at least for us has been better every single time because of it i mean well said <laughs> um absolutely uh, you know our our prep has helped us transition like mike said from contract to contract especially last year and, you know, we, we've kind of doubled down on that prep and really kind of kept it to get kept try to keep things together. And I've been practicing my writing skills for content writing and stuff like that, which is something I can use on my personal contracts. But also if I need to content write myself and those type of things and you know, the list goes on and absolutely, you know, keeping, you know, keeping up, keeping up and, and maintaining all the sort of things that, you know, you could use in your like hour of most need it's like i'm not going to delete my linkedin account in between jobs you know that's ridiculous and i had to set the whole thing up again type of thing but like really keeping like the main really like maintaining stuff and keeping that linkedin up and you know using even me i'm using twitter here and there as well and that type of thing it's like really keeping it up and you know pushing things as well like this podcast and those type of things really helps uh for for moments like this absolutely and so hopefully it's some sort of help to anyone out there that is looking at being like ah like I don't really want to you know put the time into these extra things that might not be thing it's like you don't need to put a lot into it like Mike and I you know, Mike does tweet quite a bit and like I you know write a bunch of stuff on the site and I produce this show and I edit the show and then Mike helps produce it some weeks as well like depending on whoever's doing the show note and those type of things and there's still a lot of work being done you know actively for things like the show and that but there's also a lot of background work where we're like hey you know let's learn this skill and then we'll be able to tell like sell this to clients and hey like let's learn this skill and we'll be able to sell this to clients and that type of thing and a lot of that largely is in case all the contracts fall through we can sort of even transition just like a super agile just like 
like using freelancing again and like going into the freelance boards and like finding little jobs to do here and there and things that are like, Hey, you know, do this really quick for a couple of weeks and then go on to the next job, next job, next job, instead of these longer term contracts. So it really kind of keeps us uh, sort of agile or keeps us potentially agile if we need to be. And so, you know, kind of investing your time in being prepared in the best way that you know how, you know, you know what you would want or, you know, how worried you'll be if you get where to get laid off this and that it's like, you know, you determine what you want to do. If if a side hustle is absolutely out of the question for you, then it's out of the question for you. Uh, but you could still have a great network on LinkedIn, a really great profile. You could still comment and chat and post on there. Um, maybe you just love writing. Well, maybe a blog is for you. And and then that's it. You know, maybe that's going to be your thing. And, and you'll do a little bit less of all the other things. Maybe you'll do a little bit less of worrying about the industry, a little less of this, a little less of that. But keeping all these sort of things in mind, and I'm sure we've missed some uh, some actionables you can take. Um, but just sort of really kind of tailoring, you know, the advice and the stuff that we've mentioned today, you know, to you and how you would react to a job layoff, um, what you know you would need, what you know that you would want to do really kind of make a personalized plan that'll work for you and or your business in our case, and then do your best to execute it when and if the when and when and if the time comes and keep it maintained until that time. Uh, but that ultimately is is it. Um, if so, if you're interested in episodes like this and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. And many thanks to our three dollar tier patrons, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com. Chris from Self-Made Web Designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker on thewebhacker.com, DL Ford from dl4.io, Bib Hashdash from 9block Media on 9blockmedia.com, Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com, Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca, Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se, and Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff McHale. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on, and this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things, signing off.